You're listening to Live and On Board with Tony Malazzo. This is Tony Malazzo, and we are Live and On Board with Bernadette Pauly. Bernadette, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Tony. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming out here to Marina Del Rey Harbor and getting on the boat. Can I just tell you, I um, drove up. You told me where to go. I pulled over, and then we walked down the dock, and we were we walked onto the boat, and I'm coming down the stairs, and I said, this is where Tony hangs me upside down by the ceiling, cuts my throat, drains all the blood out of my body, and it's my own damn fault. It's just like a Miami, uh, a CSI Miami episode. It is, it, is kind of, it is kind of strange, right? I tell you, come out here yeah. to the harbor, we're going to do an yeah. interview, get on a boat. <laughs> but thanks for not doing it. Oh, you're welcome. You're actually the first person to to admit that. I'm sure it crossed a few people's minds, <laughs> but you're the first person to actually admit to it. So yeah, I always I always assume wherever I go, it's a trap, or a, wherever I go. Every every night you walk into a comedy club, I'm like, who's gonna do it this time? Who's gonna try to bring me down? So this was no different than any other working night for me. Is that an East Coast thing? I, I think so. That's our normal way. Yeah, me too. I'm very East Coast. I, 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 I want to know where the exits are. Yes. No back to the door. Yes. I need. Yeah, I need an escape hatch. I need to know how I'm getting out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Survival. Survival. But you know, once you get there, you sit back. I'm on the boat. It's beautiful now. You're like, hey, K, sera, sera. Whatever happens, happens. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we're we're, we're going to get her out for a uh, cruise. I know we will. So let's start there. Let's start with uh, boating. Have you done? Uh, um, I have not done a lot of boating. My grandfather was a fisherman. Hmm. Yes. Um, I was born and raised in Revere, just on the edge of Boston. And he was a fisherman, and he passed away when I was very young, but uh, I've heard many stories. And uh, I had a cousin who moved far away from Boston, we thought it was, in Gloucester. So there were a lot of fishermen there. And um, I've been on some small boats here and there when I was growing up, but the last few years I uh, work Nantucket Comedy Festival. So there's always Mm. a lovely person who will take us out on a big yacht and show the comedians around and keep us as pets and such. Oh, so, nice. Uh, the little bit I've done, I love. I want to be a pet. Yeah. Let, I, I'll get you in on that. I need to do the Nantucket circuit. Yeah, huh? we'll work on that. Great. Yeah. Great. It's beautiful, though. It's really great. I never want to go boating. I'm always like, I don't have time. I don't have time. Nothing fun. I ever, I don't have time. I don't have time. Am I getting paid for it? But once you <laughs> drag me out there, I'm I'm like, oh, I'll stay here for two months. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of how I operate. So you find it hard to relax? Take time off? Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working on it. But yeah. You should, because it's, it's a balance. It really helps us with our career and writing and yeah. stage if we take some time for ourselves. Otherwise, just always on the go. And Yeah, people always told me that, and I thought they were being um, fruity. But <laughs> I do see, I, I, I understand the validity in that, and I know life is short. And also being out here on the West Coast, there is more downtime. Yeah. So you can be constructive and you can enjoy it, or you can just, you know, stare at the ceiling all day. So Exactly. Yeah, you can't let this beautiful weather and, uh, ge- I guess, geographically, I mean, being on the coastline here on the west side is just incredible. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Coastline You're so gorgeous. lucky to be, I mean, this is beautiful. We're at Marina Del Rey Harbor, mm-hmm. and I drove by a Costco on the way here, like five minutes away. You have the best of all possible worlds. Th- that's all you need is Costco and a boat. It, yeah, this is America, baby. <laughs> Do you need an assistant? Sure. 
Sure. I was going to ask you the same thing. Do you need an assistant? I like to follow you around. I, 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 I watch your website, and you're all over the place. Uh, for those of you who don't know Bernadette, maybe we should uh, go over some of the things she's done. And I know I, I've seen you on TV mm-hmm. several times, mm-hmm. way before I even met you. Was that Cops? Did you uh, see me on Cops a few no, times? No, 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 no. The post office wall, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad picture, that one is. But I've seen you on Late Night TV, and mm-hmm. you've always been very funny. You're a very talented lady. Um, we know you do comedy. And you do the circuit, and why don't you go over some of the TV shows and stuff you've done? Oh, okay. Um, Except for cops. Um, one of my fa- I back in the day, I did Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. That was usually a lot of fun. I had some great episode episodes on that. Um, I've hosted Comedy TV, which you probably saw on Late Night. It's running in syndication. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a daytime. Well, it wasn't actually daytime. I did a daily talk show that was on Logo and also in syndication called The Gossip Queens. Mm. And my co-hosts were uh, Lonnie Love, Alec Mappa, and Michelle Collins. Three really great, very funny, talented people. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Um, And that's, I think that's kind of it. And then, you know, you see me coming and going on the Today Show or on Red Eye on uh, Fox News and... Any place they need a really big mouth or some commentary, you'll see me all over those shows, some VH1 stuff, uh, Animal Planet. Yeah, I've uh, seen you on the Today Show. I've seen you on Animal Planet. Yeah. I have seen you on Comics Unleashed. Yes. Oh, yes, Comics Unleashed, too, yeah. Uh, You were great on that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. You were on more than once, I think, too, right? Um, That one I was only on once. Comedy.tv, I did eight episodes. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Basically, you give me a check, I show up, I do it. (laughs) <laughs> so and um, I did I did one pilot I did an acting pilot that I loved for Andy Tennant, who is the director of a, a bunch of big movies like Sweet Home Alabama. That was a lot of fun. It was like an eleven million dollar pilot, and it didn't air, and that kind of broke my mm. heart. But it was fun. It was quite an experience. Yeah. So uh, when you yeah. see how many things they shoot, they'll shoot uh, eighty six pilots or something, and four get looked at. Or it is amazing, know, it's, and it's just, and I really thought, okay, this one. I mean, I've done so many pilots that never aired. It's a joke, yeah. but this one, when I I saw who was in it and all the amount of money being spent, I was like, okay, eleven million bucks. This baby's gonna air. Yeah. Good for me. And I could not believe. They just taped it. It was great, too. A friend of mine um, went to a press conference. She's a journalist, so she got to see it, mm. even though it never aired. Loved it. Then, of course, <laughs> being a TV network, they kind of uh, scrapped it, reshot it in a very hokey uh, OC fashion with, mm. you know, and it was all candy-coated, and then it came out and lasted six episodes. But uh, the one that Andy Tennant did, he almost shot the pilot like a movie. It was really cool, really good. Uh, Got to work with a lot of great people. But live and learn. Yeah. Live and learn. Not going to complain. They play around with things too much. And then uh, I have a friend working on 1600 Pen, and that's uh, probably not going to be back. I hope it is. But they moved the, the show and the times every single time. Yeah. So it couldn't get an audience. Almost like sabotage. You don't know if they're purposely doing that. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing. I I really try not to be negative. I know it's all, for them, it's all about what, numbers and stats and Mm -hmm. marketing. And what are those those test groups? If one more person talks about a focus group to me, I'm going to barf my head off. Um, And who are these people in a little room that decide, they're just, oh, we pick some people. And and they decide whether or not shows air or don't or... 
You know, it's funny that you say that. I don't want to be too, because I could go down that road, and I'm trying, you know, being from Boston, I could go down the fuck them all road, yeah, but yeah. I won't. Yeah. But for I'll do it for two minutes. <laughs> I, uh, I've been going to this gym near my house. I'm not really much of a gym person, but there's this amazing trainer, and she's fierce, and she works people out in the park, like, every Saturday for free. She's just, she's an animal. I'm slightly afraid of her. Gorgeous. She looks like part ballerina, part gymnast. Uh-huh. Stunning. And she's just kicking my ass back into gear because for a while there I was just on the road and feeling sloppy. And she's so friggin' good at what she does. And you can see in the gym, it's funny, like the corporate people, the corporate structure is like, well, you're going over time in the cl- class. And, and it, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can see her putting up with bullshit stuff. And she's so good at what she does. If she wanted to, she could just be the trainer to the stars and blah, 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 and charge 400 an hour. But she doesn't. She's fierce. She loves what she does. And she's great. And... So many of us go to this gym just to train with her, and you can see the corporate structure does not appreciate that. They're more into putting everything in the little corporate box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, And I think we have that in entertainment, too. My point is, sorry, that I get caught up in my own words. I don't know why. But my point is, um, it's not just our business. Because I tend to think it's always these suits that are telling yeah. us what is funny or what is interesting, and they wouldn't know no funny and interesting if they ran into it exactly but um it's funny too i'm from boston and there's this show on oh my god what's it called wicked single and it's 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 a reality tv show that is supposed to take place in boston the accents are not real the people are not real bostonians like but they're this caricature and i'm thinking you know what that is that is some producer's son went to bu for a semester Thinks he's a genius. Yeah. Saw some Boston people to mimic one day and thought, you know, daddy's going to give me a show and I'm going to create it. Or I don't know how that thing got on and, air. And people but, think that oh. reality TV is, so, is real. I'm, I know. It's, it's a joke. I know. None of, it, none of it's real. I know. I know. I know. But I don't know how they get away with it. Some, I guess, because remember back in the day, didn't in the 50s those game shows got in trouble because they were rigged? Yeah. Um. We have a lot of competition shows now that I think some of them are rigged, some of them aren't, but somehow they just get away with it. Yeah. Well, I, I see everything in the casting calls and the breakdowns. Yeah. I see all these shows. Yeah. You know, and I show it to people or I copy-paste because they don't believe me. They're like, no, no, they don't cast. Oh, God, And I copy-paste yeah. it into an email for them so yeah. they can... And they're like, you ruined it for me. And they take it out on me. <laughs> I know. You ruined it for me. I, I mean, thought reality was real. But some of them, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not Miss PBS. I do have an addiction to the housewives. And mm. it's, it's bullshit and crazy. But they picked the right batshit women. The casting. See, it is all about casting in those shows, right? Because those it are is. the real creators. You yes. say, she's legitimately got this brand of crazy. This one's got this brand of crazy. Let's mix it all up. Mm-hmm. And if there's a murder or a death, we'll pretend we had nothing to do with it, <laughs> which happens from time to time. But, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's all a farce. I'm glad we came to that conclusion. Our business is all a farce, Tony. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, if someone came to you at a reality show right now, uh-huh. would you do it? Um, Depends on what it is. Well, I'm actually working with a production company out of New York, and I had a, what I thought was a very interesting pitch, and they kind of switched it up for various network reasons. You know what? The, so if it was the right one, I would. Uh, but I want nothing to do with. I hosted something that was a pilot, and it was a reality thing, and I was the host, and it was a competition between um, 
the whole concept was people had to teach their spouse how to do what they do. So they took two huge chefs in New York, and they had to teach wives who have never been a chef how to run a whole kitchen and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I hosted that, and that was a lot of fun. But then they, um, during part of the competition, they wanted me to flirt with the husbands and, like, sit on their lap and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's stupid. And that's not me. If I was a character or acting, I would do it. But So I have limits. Right. I would like to do something real. and. I've been in the position before where they've wanted me to play, quote-unquote, the bitch, and I don't want to do that. I, I don't need, you know? Yeah. I mean, I already am a bitch and a psycho as it is, but I don't need to be <laughs> your candy so some but frat boy can jerk off bitch. to what... That's the whole... <clears throat> yeah, thank you. You're very sweet. Can I have $5? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a long-winded excuse. If and I would take well, certain opportunities, because I regret not taking some of them, but... I would have sat there on their lap, but I'm single. But so, you know, it's a whole different thing when you're married. Well, plus they're both kids. married, and I'm hanging out with them and their wives all week. Yeah. Like, really? I'm just not that girl. You got the wrong girl. Yeah, if you want me to play a bimbo, I'll play a bimbo. But I'm not... And I came up with different ways to trick them and make it harder on them. But I wasn't about to just go sit on some married guys. And I have a husband yeah. at home, too. Yeah. You know, all all of that wrapped we'll, up. We'll get to that next. All right, let's do it. Okay, so your husband, who is he? Uh, he's dead to me. No, God forbid. Uh, he's Al Ducharme. He's coming back from Hawaii tonight. He was just working a cruise around the ha- Hawaiian Islands. Nice. Speaking of cruising. Yeah. Al's very talented. I've done show. Al yeah, has um, sick talent. Uh, focus and chutzpah, I'm not so sure. Al likes to have a good time. But he has. Uh, Al has some major, major talent. He certainly does. Yeah. A lot of talent in that household. Is there... What's the balance and how do you deal with that? Because, I mean, we all have... We all have egos. We're entertainers. Mm-hmm. It's all about us. So to have two people in the house that it's all about, mm-hmm. that must be tough. Um, I mean, there's issues, both of us being in this crazy business, but I'm not at all competitive with him. Actually, one of the reality shows that had approached us wanted me to be a little bit competitive with him or kind of try to put a wedge, you know, like, oh, do you think he's further along in this contest because he's a guy and a... I wasn't going to go down that road. I was like, no, he's talented, and I wouldn't want to follow him on a stage. He's more talented. You know, like, I'm yeah. not going to be... No. The, all his success is mine. He brings in more money, it comes to me, and vice versa. Now, do you perform together, the two of you? Yeah, we go on the road together sometimes. Oh, okay. So we're either in different parts of the world, right. or we're together in a hotel room for like three weeks, like up each other's butt. <laughs> but yeah, we do. And usually when we're on the road, I will uh, feature for him. I will go up before him right unless it's a certain colleges or a particular in unless you know if i get hired to do something and they give me money in the budget for a feature right he'll you know keep the money in the house that's how we look at it right right and then he'll open for you yeah and i always say don't go easy on me blow the roof off and make it hard for me but he always he he never he always sets it up for me nice i like that too raise the bar um I mean, when you're at the comedy store, who's who jumps in front of you? It's always somebody big, Sarah Silverman will go out in front of me, or Jim Carrey will show up, or, mm-hmm. and you just, uh, I guess you raise the bar, you know? Oh, yeah. I usually follow those Bring people it. with uh, 12 minutes on, I'm sorry I'm not him. I know that this sucks. So <laughs> I learned doing that a lot at the comic strip in New York, having to follow Sandler and bring up Chris Rock and Seinfeld constantly. You just... You just develop that tough skin and look at their little faces of disappointment. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just, who is this bitch? I was just watching Seinfeld. But. <laughs> well, while we're there, uh, some of the people you've performed with, you just named a few, uh, mm-hmm. some places you've performed. 
Oh, God, all over the world. Um, Do you have a story maybe that stands out? Oh, God, I have so many. I wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, Al and I have performed in Beijing, um, Hong Kong, Shanghai. Never wanted to go to Asia. Had no desire. And now that I've been, I love it. Like, I'm all about Asia. It's awesome. Um, Where have I performed? I mean, Nantucket Comedy Festival and Blue Collar Beer Halls, uh, bowling alleys. Um, I sang at a bowling alley last night, my first time performing at a bowling alley. You did? Was it Uh, karaoke or you... No, it was was a band stage, great room. At a bowling alley? And they do comedy there too, I found out. This Uh, is a... Where is it? That was up in uh, near... near, uh, It was Ventura. Corbin, Corbin That's Bowl. amazing. I was, I was you know, yeah. Madonna, um, I have a girlfriend who, when she was little, she was roller skating, and Madonna was singing in the in the roller skating rink. So you might have a Madonna-like career oh, coming oh, up. There you bowling go. alleys. This could be it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'll do the whole bowling alley circuit. Why not? That's, where, that, that's <laughs> the only thing anyone can afford anymore anyway, so you might as well. Right. There you go. Right? What do they say? You work for the masses, you eat with the classes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's I a like theory, that. but uh, I think it's got some relevance. But you're right. Things things have really changed. A comedy store used to have uh, the barricades outside and lines of people, mm-hmm. three rooms full all the time. Mm-hmm. You go to these comedy clubs now, and you've got a huge room with uh, 20 to 40 people, if you're lucky. Well, there's an oversaturation, and as Al has pointed out to me, because he came out of the Boston scene, and he started before me. Um, oversaturation. Back in the day, there was no Comedy Central. Now you have comedy, or supposedly comedy, playing 24 hours a day, and you have the internet. So people have it at their fingertips. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they have to. And there's don't. just more clubs. There's more clubs. and, and Yeah, you don't have to get in your car, drive there, spend money to park it, spend money to get in. Yeah, yeah. But there really is nothing like seeing it live. Like, really good comedy live is an amazing thing. And oh, yeah, it has to be I hope live. people will continue to um, make the effort. Because sometimes you'll be in the middle of nowhere and someone's like 50 years old and they'll say, I've never been to a comedy show and this is amazing. And I let them know not all of them are. Some of them are pretty damn bad. But there's nothing like being in the room with a real, real artist. Like, it just blows you away. Yeah. Some of the greats, you know? A euphoric feeling. I love a good show. Yeah, that unites the entire crowd. Like, you'll see a mix of all different types of people across the boards, all united in one... Laughing together. Yeah, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I think comedy could solve a lot of our uh, world issues and problems. People need to laugh more. Oh, big time. People are too uptight. It's funny. Society now. Two days after um, 9-11 in Manhattan, for the first time in many, many years, you know, I wasn't interested in comedy. I was like, who gives a shit the world's ending? And um, I I was called in, was it to host the comic strip? I think they, yeah. And I'm thinking, who the hell is going to go to I I don't want to go. I, it was depressed. It was weird. Everybody's walking around New York because there's no way to get around. And uh, long story short, I showed up. It was two days after 9-11, and the club was packed. Packed. Because mm. think about it. New Yorkers, we were all hanging out. People needed to come out and get together and have a drink and just, you right. know, bond. Mm-hmm. And you, you just had to walk on stage and be like, hey, how are you? eruptions of laughter you didn't even people just wanted to laugh so desperately and of course we laughed at the situation we were in like you know tastefully or whatever just like this is fucked up what's going on and every comedian would come in like oh oh the club is full yeah you know what i mean it was just very weird and i did realize exactly what you're saying you know people will say it's cliched but you really do need that stuff gets you through in the hard times yeah part of the healing process huh Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, definitely. Um, when did you get bit by the bug? When did it all start for you, the comedy? Um, this sounds kooky, but uh, I was um, doing a play where I played an insane, crazy character. And this manager's assistant at the time came to see me. And he said, oh, you were great, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, handle me. Send me on auditions. You know, I need an agent, and da, 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 da. And he said, oh, it doesn't work that way with us. We only handle, like, really, really big superstars, and da, 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 da. And we, we package shows and stuff, and you should do stand-up. You're very funny, and your timing is there, and your improv. And um, I, it never occurred to me. So he took me to Luna Lounge downtown, and he introduced me to some people and said, you should start working out here, and... I really think someone like you should do comedy. And it's funny because I'm always ragging on industry people, but it I did one open mic I, and I got the bug and I never stopped because you don't have to sit around waiting for someone to cast you in something. You just get out there every night and you do it somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's a great challenge and it's a lot of work, but you get all the glory or you get all the blame too. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was always a puppet in somebody else's play or independent film and right. now I could do my own thing. So I do like to rag on industry people like a little know-it-all, but that one industry guy was right. And it kind of amazes me that I didn't go into stand-up comedy on my own before he suggested it. Because looking back, I remember watching the comedians on late-night TV, and I always loved them. Mm-hmm. I loved them, even if I, didn't, even if I didn't understand them. Even as a little tiny kid, just I, I was mesmerized by them, and I would stare at them. And half their jokes went right over my head. So I don't know. Is it because I'm a female or something? I don't think so. It just didn't occur to me that that was an option. Right. But, uh, yeah, one open mic and I was gone. Yeah, same here. Uh, I've been an actor since I'm five and on live stage, so you'd think I would have been doing the comedy. And mm-hmm. I tried it a little bit like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. A couple open mics dragged there by some buddies who were actor comics. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Wrote a lo- load of material. Never did it. Mm-hmm. And here I am years later. And Johnny Carnelli kind of gave me a little bit extra shove. I was hosting a lot of shows. And he said, man, you're really funny. You need to do comedy. And uh, so I just got out there. And, and there you go. Put an act together. Yeah. Same thing. I'm like, why didn't I do this before? Yeah. Brings a lot more validity. Uh, I'm sharper. You find yourself a lot sharper. Because uh, I used to go, I'm from Lee Strasberg, so I'd go back. It's like a spa for actors. I'd go back and mm-hmm. work, uh, work on things. Mm-hmm. I feel sharper now mm-hmm. than when I'm in the theater full time. The, the comedy just makes me really sharp with my acting. I get, oh, sure. Sh- yeah, well, because, you know, it's funny. I think as an actor, I think it helped with auditions too, because as an actor, you're always. You want to be, I guess, organic, right? And you want to—it's about the other person, and you want to feed off of them. Well, what right, do you do right. if the other person—who's leading the ship? Did you just use that word, though? Organic. organic. I know. Do you want to slap me now or later? <laughs> Spit at me. It's disgusting. I was talking about th- this with somebody recently, and he said, "If you say the word organic, organic. if anybody says that, what's this organic on set? Organic." <laughs> and I usually, I, I always usually do a disclaimer before I say it, but I, I forgot to just now. But it is true. Like as a comedian, you're used to—if you don't steer the ship. Nobody else is going to. That's why I think comedians tend to either be amazing actors or the very worst. There's no in between. Because if you can steer that ship and get the thing going yeah. while actually connecting and not letting it be all about you. Because some of them, it can only be all about them. Right. Which I don't see that being great in an acting situation. And that's where, yeah, that's where it fails for them. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they can even understand, to me... 
the actors that are the most amazing and it really does become all about them or the ones where it's never about them. Like, I could watch Dennis Hopper or Willem Dafoe or those oh, guys. They are so actors. amazing and intriguing yeah. to me because they could be in the shittiest movie possible, surrounded by the shittiest actors. But whatever it is they're talking about, they are so interested in it. Yeah. That, that, that they're mesmerizing. Yeah. And in, in, in it not being about them, right. it becomes completely about them. And they're the yeah. only ones you can look at on the screen when they're in a mediocre right. piece. But I, I, it's, I think it's hard for comedians who are so used to have, having to run the ship um, to right. let, let that go and get that in their head. It, they, they'd almost feel like it's like letting the heckler get the ba- you know, right. take away the show. Right. Whereas you've got to have some balls and, and, and see the give and take in that situation. God, I... I sounding pretentious but you know what i mean <laughs> so you named some great actors um so maybe we should talk about who inspires you or your favorite entertainers comics actors directors whoever whoever inspires you people you want to work with oh okay um who inspires me well certain people really inspire i love people who love what they do but like i just said uh willem dafoe mm-hmm. uh Dennis Hopper was great. He great passed actor. away. He, yes. he left us. Yes. Um, and I just, oh my God. You're just, naming method actors too, all my favorites I, from Strasburg and the actor studio. Richard Dreyfus is great. Al Pacino. Oh yeah. Method like amazing. And Jessica Lang recently, we just started watching American Horror Story. And I don't know mm. if you've watched that. No. If you, I always thought she was amazing. And as a kid working in New York City, I used to wait tables and I would wait on her. And she was so, so nice and kind and wonderful and beautiful and talented. Watch American Horror Story. Watch watch both seasons and f- forget it. I'm floored at her talent. The way that she started that career with such a bang and she played Frances Farmer and was so amazing. And now at this age, she's doing this. Like, forget it. She's done it all. She's there. <coughs> So um, I love her. For comedians, people ask me a lot, and I just I've always really, really loved Chris Rock. Um, maybe mm. watching him fine tune and work so much in New York, and there's so many great comedians that have been around, but there's something about his passion that really um, just floors me. It's a combination of I enjoy watching Seinfeld because he's technically proficient, but he doesn't move me the way that someone like a Chris Rock does. I love Louis C.K. too because who the hell doesn't? I've always loved his confidence, even back in the day at the comic strip and the other clubs around right. the city. But um, something about if you really, something about Chris Rock and watching him live, he moves me a lot. Um, so that's what really gets me going. Now you're naming male comics. Yes. Uh, isn't that awful? Because I, I hate women. Women are... No, I'm kidding. Do, do you? Because no, 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 here's no, no, what no. brings me to this. You've done my Rat Pack shows. Yeah. And their headliner shows. Yeah. All the best of the best. Uh-huh. And we're in the green room. And I'm not going to mention names, of course. But And, of course, it was a male. But he said... Because uh, we were doing the Dirty Divas show. Mm-hmm. And he said, how are you going to do a show that's going to be funny with all females? Women aren't funny. Oh, yeah. I hear that. All, you know, whatever. I was like, what? I find... And I'm a male that most of my favorites are female comics. I'm kind of the opposite. Who are some of your favorites? I love Ellen DeGeneres. It's not, uh-huh. it's not my fantastic. style, and the fact that she can be so brutally great and so clean, like, blows me away. She is so, bam, ma'am, she is it. But who, who oh, are yeah. some of your... She's great. I should have mentioned her, too. It's just something about the visceral 
and the the intelligence and the technical proficiency of Chris Rock, it's that combo. But I guess the visceral ones are the ones that really right. get me. Whereas Seinfeld and all them, or George Wallace, he's he just opens his mouth and it's hysterical. But there's a certain something that rings true to me in comedy that certain people affect me more than others. But sorry, I interrupted. So who are your favorite females? Bernadette Pauly. Yeah, me too. Me too. She's amazing. <laughs> Can't be touched. Now, how about uh, black comedy? Because I find black comedy hilarious. I, I think black comedy is sometimes funnier than any white people I've ever heard on stage. But Because uh, I, I love Chappelle. I love Chris Rock. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. Chappelle just blows me away on another level. And a few times uh, down the Boston I, in uh, New York City, I'd watched him late night. And I just caught him when he was playing around or smoking some pot or whatever and he was decent and i was like oh what's the big deal but then wow when you see him yeah Chappelle really really inspires me i this is going to sound ridiculous and pretentious too i don't look at it as black comedy or female because com- there are a lot of okay. quote-unquote black acts or quote-unquote female acts that i just i don't even want to watch it and i leave the room right. or I- anyone who's the the this um when i see people relying on that bullshit like you know white people talk like this black people talk like that like yeah. i can't i don't have time or right. the girl I, I see a lot of females now that are being um encouraged by industry to be filthy for the sake of being filthy right. and once you go down that road of just uh i don't know playing playing the part I, it just bores yeah. the shit out of me and i don't want to hear it but yeah. there's plenty of women who are naturally fucking filthy that i just love that oh. really are oh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. or a lot of black comics I, I adore Mike Britt. He's so good out of New York. I mean, if you don't know him, you got to look him up and mm-hmm. check out his specials. And he really, you know, he does a lot of, like, whatever. A lot of shit about selling crack on corners and da-da-da. But it's truthful, it's real, it's legitimate, and he's amazing. Or or Donnell, uh, Donnell Rawlings. I adore him. And, you know, he, he goes down the, I guess you'd say the black road or whatever, and he'll have mm-hmm. certain filthy or... Uh, what would be classified as urban jokes, but they're right. they're truthful and they're real and they're extremely extremely intelligent. Yeah. So, I don't know. Did I just uh, no. meander too much? No, not at all. Uh, matter of fact, I was going to mention uh, I work with Roger Rod, who's white, mm-hmm. but he's a black com- black comedy comic, mm-hmm. and uh, he he gets a really bad rap. I I was somewhere with him doing a benefit. And some guy got up on the stage and went towards him, mm-hmm. and um, I guess uh, figures tattoo was the bounce. I was the bouncer. <laughs> and I grabbed the guy before he. I don't know what he was going to do to Roger, and it was, he wasn't bashing white people. And uh, people sometimes misinterpret, and he was like, white hater, white hater, you know? Oh, that's but, hysterical. Uh, <laughs> people just love to compartmentalize. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more, I, I pick on everybody and myself, so uh, I leave no stone unturned, so. Yeah. I, I bother everybody equally. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me personally, and this is so cliche too, but anybody who's somewhat truthful on stage and uh, and has the skills, I respect and I watch. There have been, you know, I think Nick DiPaolo is one of the greatest comedians too, and, you know, he... Occasionally he rides that line and he's got some shit to say about women, but and as a woman sometimes I'm like, oh, that's brutal. But as a comedian, I've got to watch it and how he can get usually a bunch of people who he might be slamming to listen and laugh. 
Not in a base, stupid, easy way either. He right. does it in a very intelligent. He's speaking his truth. What you know? Yeah. But that's a fine line too. There's always there's a the fine line between someone speaking the t- truth because I'm tired of people saying they're just keeping it real when they're really just rabble rousing and doing hate speech. There's right, a difference. Right. Oh yeah. But you can tell. I like a good weaver. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, one night that I did a show with Roger, my crowd got up and walked out, part of my fan base. And so he apologized when I told him what a great show at the end of the night. And I said, what are you apologizing for? Uh, maybe it's the actor or the film guy in me, but uh-huh. it's all about taking people somewhere mm-hmm. and the roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. So I just love when somebody like that can just bring everybody in, bring everybody in, take mm-hmm. them all the way up to the top, mm-hmm. and then just drop them out, mm-hmm. 50% of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So It's like a game. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't have that down yet, but uh, I'm impressed <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can watch someone really good play with the crowd. Bring them in, bring them in, almost lose them, bring them in, almost lose You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, watch it go in and out, like, seven times in an yeah. hour set, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Certain skill. A lot of people don't have it. So, uh, what's next for you? What's next for me? Bernadette Pauly. Where are we going to um, see you? What are you doing? What do you want to do? So, I'm currently, um... Like I said, me and my production company out in New York, we are talking to a few networks, and I don't want to get into what the project is, Okay. but it would be great if it got off the ground. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. We're having a good time. I like that. Uh, Let's see. Next week, I'll be in Atlantic City all week, and in August, Al and I are going to do like a mini East Coast tour, and um, let's see. We're going to be in... North Carolina, Virginia, and I'm sure we'll do Boston, New York, and New England as well. So we're going to probably do the East Coast throughout all of August. Great. And bring the dog. That'll be a good time. Fantastic. Yeah, moving and shaking. So is is the dog uh, the only kid around? Yes, he is my child. That's your child? Yes, he is. What's the dog's name? Buddy. What kind of dog? He's a Chihuahua mix. Oh. Yeah, he was a little mutt, homeless mutt from New York City, so... We made him an L.A. dog. Great. He's living the life. La Dolce Vita. Spoiled. Ridiculously. Like, I got dirty looks today leaving here. First of all, there was no sun because <laughs> he likes the sun on the porch. Mm. So he was indignant. And the fact that mommy got up early because, you know, as a comedian, this is like the crack of dawn. Mm. And the, uh, dirty looks. Fiendish looks. If he doesn't get a little steak in his food, ugh, he gives me the looks. He's a good boy, though. Light of my life. And Al's okay, too. Mm. Yeah. And how's Al right now? What's it, what's Al up to? Um, Al has been in Hawaii. I'm picking okay. him up yeah. tonight. Then uh, we're going to work on some video shorts and stuff, too. If you want to go to aldusharm.com right. or my website, lowclassblonde.com. We're always posting new <laughs> and different things and updating our calendar and letting people know where we're going to be or the radio we're doing. And, you know, we keep people informed. But he's got a couple of shorts. He's coming out with a new DVD. We weren't His, um, his last DVD was... Uh, Produced by uh, National Lampoon, and we don't really like it. (laughs) It was kind of manipulated a little bit. So this one, he's producing himself, and uh, he's going to get a new new CD going out on iTunes. He's already got his man-child on iTunes, and I've still got to get my stuff on iTunes. I'm such an idiot. I just haven't. All these other people keep saying, I'll do it for you, but they want to cut. And I'm like, no, I'll do it myself, and I just never did it. So I'm doing it now with um, some new people that Al's working with. Great. Yeah, taking control, as we were saying. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. 
Okay, well, will you come back and we take a boat ride next time? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. All right. I would love to, and gonna, thank I'm you so much for salad. having me. I'm going to take a salad. I, I would love that. Great. And you know what? You can you can kill me. Who cares? If I'm out on the ocean on a nice boat, <laughs> who gives a shit? Arr. But watch out, because you might not get rid of me. Bring Al and I out together. You'll ne- never get rid of us. You'll have to like have a court order to get rid of us. That'll be fun. I want to work with you guys, too. You, you Don't should. forget me. Yeah, Don't forget no, me. I won't. I'll go on the road We'll with take you. you on the road. We'll be a dog and pony show, because yeah. that's what we are. We're yeah. like dancing monkeys on the road. I'm about the same size as your chihuahua, so... <laughs> You're terrible. You can fit me somewhere. You can be our son. You can be our son. I could use the chihuahua as my seeing eye dog. Well, uh, yeah, what actually, yeah. I'm thinking of getting him a little vest. You should. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's get the We'll work on that. Okay. I'll bring him to the shows. I People like the way you them. think. I like the way you think, Tony. Or another check, too. Remember, we're talking about keeping the whole family working. You got to. Got to get that dog working. Everybody's going to pull their weight. That's what I tell that dog. <laughs> That's when, I, when we sell merchandise and T-shirts and stuff after the show. I say, if you want this dog to eat, you'll buy this DVD. Oh, That's smart true. girl. Yeah. But if anybody wants to follow me, it's Bernie Polly at... Oh, no. It's at Bernie Polly on Twitter. And it's lowclassblonde.com. And I always keep people posted on what I'm doing, what Al's doing, and when we're boating and all that good stuff. Great. Okay. So we're going to hear more from Bernadette Pauly. Check out the websites. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. You've been live and on board with Tony Malazzo and Bernadette Pauly. Yay. Yay. Thank you. This show has been produced by Tony Malazzo, Alyssa Inferna, and David Ringwald. If you'd like to be on board, check us out on Facebook at Tony Malazzo Entertainer, Tweet us at Tony Malazzo Live or snail mail us at P.O. Box 10074, Marina del Rey, California, 90295.